And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I gotta kick myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's a sci-fi adventure of X-1, starring Jack Grimes from 1957, but right now, Mark Cavanis is here, and Mark interviewed the great David Selby. David Selby from Dark Shadows. Ooh, Mark. There's that iconic theme song from Bob Colbert, and listeners will anticipate when David talks about Bob Colbert and his role with the music in the show yeah. and what an important part he played and the music played. Lisa doesn't remember Dark Shadows. You're just not old enough. I remember, you know, Lisa's Lisa's one year younger than I. Lisa's young, one year younger than I. But here's the thing: it's Dark Shadows. Mark is one of the first TV shows that I really got into. I used to rush home from school and watch it. It was live Monday yes. through Friday. I think it was a was it a half hour show or an hour show? It was Sorry. a half hour. Half, half hour. hour. Yeah, and uh, so David Selby, what was his role on here? He played Quentin. Quentin, uh, who was at first yes. Quentin had no lines. He was like this zombie character, and then eventually <laughs> the world wanted Quentin to speak, and he spoke. <laughs> the world, and, and and I'm telling you, Jonathan Fred, of course, who yeah. played the part of Barnabas. Barnabas Collins. Um, I just saw an interview with. Or he's he's deceased now, but um, I saw an interview with him recently, and um, where he was talking about how when. They brought David Selby onto the show. He thought, oh, at last I can relax because everyone really picked up. David was a big hit on that show, and he became really as, as big as Barnabas and Jonathan Fritt. And Jonathan said, I was relieved because I didn't have to be in every scene practically Yeah, anymore. oh, yeah. Plus, David could take over. I mean, live television mm-hmm. back then. And I remember sometimes the sets would fall down. Yeah. Anyway, so so Mark, you had an opportunity to chat with David Selby. We're going to play this in two parts. Here's part one. This is Mark Cabanis for Hollywood 360, coming to you from Hollywood. And with me now is none other than David Selby, film, television, and stage actor. He is best known for playing Quentin Collins on the daytime drama Dark Shadows and Richard Channing on the primetime drama Falcon Crest. David also had prominent roles in the television series Flamingo Road and the feature film Raise the Titanic. This all adds up to co-starring with actors such as Barbara Streisand, Jason Robards, Johnny Depp, Jeff Bridges, Ben Affleck, and others. Also a published writer, he has written several books, 
including novels, memoirs, and collections of poetry. He also has an impressive academic resume, attending West Virginia University, earning degrees in theater, followed by a Ph.D. from Southern Illinois University. West Virginia University awarded David its first Life Achievement Award from the College of Creative Arts, and he received an honorary doctorate in 2004. There's more to his rich background, but our time with him is precious today. So I say welcome, David, to Hollywood 360. My goodness gracious, Mark. Hello. Thank you, David. <laughs> welcome, welcome. And listen, David, it's it's great to have you. And listen, I certainly want to discuss many things about your working career, but right out of the box, I have to say, is one of those millions of worldwide watchers of Dark Shadows, thanks to you, Dan Curtis, and that incredible cast for providing a fun and inspired spooky joyride for many years. Uh, you know, when, Mark, it's one of the one of the blessed things to have come into my life from all of the people I've met, from the many friends that I that became dear friends, uh, cast members on, you know, through Dark Shadows, so many. And then all of the people that watch the show and still to this day, um, uh, I'll trade notes with people or conversations with people or just run in and, and run into them on the street. One day I'm walking down the street in Washington, D.C. True story. And a policeman, two policemen, D.C. Uh, police, stopped me and said, we just wanted to tell you, we've been watching you over there, and we just wanted to tell you how much we enjoy that show. And, you know, it's just things like that have been happening ever since I've, you know, the last time I appeared on Dark Shatters. <laughs> wow. That's an incredible story, David. I love about the policeman. And so, you know, I'll add quickly, believe it or not, those who are listening to this interview might not be old enough to remember Dark Shadows in its first run days, but... You know, basically, you know, it became, as you well know, a truly worldwide phenomenon. Paperback books, board games, records, fan clubs, model kits, comic books, and the list could go on. You know, just as you related, even now, you're stopped on the street by, by total strangers. But what was it like, David, to be a part of such a tidal wave of pop culture fame back in those days? Well, you know, Mark, it, when it all first was... Uh starting or happening I had we had no idea I had no idea what was going to happen because I agreed to do this show that's basically I hadn't heard of <laughs> until when they told me and I went down to meet this lady and she took me up to Dan Curtis's office her name was Marion Doherty and if it hadn't been for Marion I don't know uh, what would have happened to me? <laughs> but she put me in a cab, came with me, paid for the cab fare, took me up to Dan Curtis's office, and uh, that's that's how it started. And the next day or that day, he had invited me over to the studio, and uh, they looked at me for ten seconds on camera. And the next day, I got a call, and they said. Uh, we want you on the show. <laughs> so I, you know, I was blessed from that moment when I went down to meet Marion Doherty and 
she took me over to meet Dan Curtis. And then after that, everybody that came in to the studio, and to this day, Mark, I still see them. You know, I, I still see, well, as you know, Catherine Scott, uh, she was on the show. So many different people. Jim Storm, he, he had a role in the show. So many people that, you know, I still see occasionally. And so it's just been wonderful and been a blessing in my life. That's an incredible story, David, and it's certainly been a blessing in everyone's lives who've been involved in watching and, and kind of being a part of the uh, of the Dark Shadows story. Describe a typical production week on the Dark Shadows set. I think Hollywood 360 listeners are pretty keyed in on you know behind-the-scenes stuff thanks to the, yeah. the, the program. So what, what was a general... I know it had to be kind of mayhem at a lot of times or a controlled chaos, but, but t- turning out that many shows uh, as you did, uh, talk about yeah. that. That's a good term for a controlled chaos. I don't... You know, every morning we would meet when I first... You know, this is how it was from the moment I started doing the show. Every morning, I'd be at the studio at 8 o'clock. We'd sit around a rectangle table. We'd read the script that we'd read the night before, you know. But we all read the script. Uh, Then we got up on our feet, and we laid out the scene. You know, we would block it, where we're going to move, how we're going to play this scene. Then we would go down into the studio and do it before the cameras. And then later in the day, we would roll the film, (laughs) roll the cameras. And in those early days, we had to finish before a certain time because what happened was the news camera, the news uh, came on the air. So if we didn't finish by four o'clock, we had to wait until like six or six (laughs) thirty for the cameras. So that, you know, they finished their West Coast feed or whatever with our crew. But generally, the pressure was on every day to finish by 4 o'clock. And a lot of times then we go back upstairs. This is what happened every time. We go back upstairs into our rehearsal room. They would be, some people would be watching the previous show that was on television now. And But the rest of us, we'd go into our rehearsal room. We would read our script. You know, we'd read the whole thing complete through, and then we'd all take off and go back to our apartments, wherever we lived in New York City. And then we'd stay at home at night, learn the lines to the next day's show, come in at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'd walk to the studio every morning down Columbus Avenue in New York City, down to 53rd, where the studio was, between 9th and 10th. We'd do the whole thing all over again. It was quite special in that way. And, of course, for me, that was my first familiarity uh, into television, you know. At the same time, I did a couple of other things for ABC at that time. I remember doing a show of uh, about young Abe Lincoln. So there were things like that, but it was it was quite special. But that was every day and then what happened after a period of time you know you began to catch on or people would tell you that uh, the show had a certain popularity was gaining an audience you know and because you would get letters in the mail and then a wonderful lady who uh, her name was Gloria Stavers and she was the head of 16 magazine 
Tiger Beat, 16 Magazine was a huge thing. Um, and Gloria is the one literally who came to my apartment, said, I think she bought me a shirt that she thought I should wear. It reminded me of was something that Earl Flynn might have worn in his early movie days. She bought me a shirt. She put me in the magazine over and over and over again. And she was responsible for a lot of the attention that I got in those early days. But also, thankfully, the role of Quentin Collins. What can I say? It was a role of a lifetime. It was very special. Uh, that's all I can say. It was uh, wonderful, and I was glad that my friends, Grayson Hall, her husband wrote on the show, Sam Hall. You know, so many people like that. Fair David, Joan Bennett, you know. There's so many people. And, of course, Jonathan Barnabas. And so I got very lucky. What can I say, Mark? That is just incredible and true. And I love the cast members that you just mentioned. And so many of the listeners to the show will know those names quite well, like I do. Remember, you remember them all. Laura Parker, Humpert Allen Estrato, so many. (laughs) A true ensemble cast it was. All right, let's take a break right here from Mark Cabanis interviewing David Selby, of course, from Dark Shadows. We'll get back to that interview in our next hour. In just a few minutes, we're going to tune in to X-1. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Ready to rock it off into the future, Lisa and Mark? Let's go. All right. X-1. It was... uh, a revival of NBC's Dimension X, which ran in 1950 and 51. All the great writers, all the great sci-fi writers, including Ray Bradbury, Robert Heinlein, Frederick Pohl, they all wrote for X-1. This episode is called End as a World, August 1st, 1957. Here's part one of X-1. Countdown for blastoff. X-5, 4... Three, two, X minus one, fire. From the far horizons of the unknown come tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future. Adventures in which you'll live in a million could be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine, presents... X minus one... Tonight, End as a World by F.L. Wallace. But first, hear this. When the place is fine and the time is right, 
When the moon is low and the stars are bright You make it Pabst Cause Pabst makes it perfect Yes, Pabst makes it perfect Just as we always have ever since 1844 So next time you make it Pabst Because Pabst makes it perfect America's Blue Ribbon Beer from the Pabst Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes, Pabst makes it perfect. Now, X minus one and end as a world. I saw it on the doormat in the front porch. The boy had made a lucky throw and the paper was spread out neatly on the doormat facing me as I came out of the screen door. The headline was black across the top. They used the big type, the kind they use for presidential elections or when the town all-star Little League team won the national championship. I stood and looked at it through the screen door. I hadn't quite rubbed the sleep out of my eyes, so first all I saw was the little boxes of the screen. And then suddenly my eyes snapped into focus and I read it. This is the day the world ends. Pete! Pete, come in and eat your breakfast. Well, just a minute, Ma. Now you leave the newspaper alone. You can read it later. Come on now. The eggs are getting cold. Yeah, but Ma, it's today. Well, what's today? Well, look at the headline. What's the only thing on the front page? Well, look. This is the day the world ends. Oh, that. Well, world's end or no, I won't have you eating cold scrambled eggs. Now, you sit right down and eat your breakfast. I brought the newspaper into the breakfast table. I turned to the sports page. The Dodgers were winning or losing, I forget which, and UCLA was strong and was going to beat everybody they met that fall. An H-bomb had been tested in the middle of the Pacific, blowing another island off the map, just as if we had islands to spare. Ordinarily, that would be on the front page, but not today. Now, don't get the newspaper and the egg yolk. Mm. All right, Ma. Want some toast? Peter, do you want some toast? All right, Ma. It was Saturday. Big things always seem to happen on Saturdays. I ate breakfast and got up. I had the usual things to do, like mowing the lawn, for instance, but I skipped it that day. There wasn't any use mowing a lawn on a day like that. I went out remembering not to slam the door. It wasn't much, but it showed thoughtfulness. I went past the church and looked at the sign that was set diagonally in the corner so it could read from both streets. There it was in big letters, quoting from the papers, This is the day the world ends. Dr. Davidson scheduled a prayer meeting for the calculated time. It was a bright day. People were out walking or just standing looking at the sky. It was too early to look up. Hey, Pete! Pete, here you are! Catch! Uh, here! Hey! Uh, who showed you how to throw a football hit? Got this? Uh, hey, nice pass! Here you are, lateral. I got it. Here, uh, throw, throw me a long one, huh? I run out on that button hook. No, no, look, I, I don't feel like it, not today. Well, what do we do? 
Oh, listen, the new issue of Popular Rocketry came in down at Grover's. Yeah, I saw it. Or we could go down and see Howie. All right. Pete? Peter? Hey, your mother wants you. <laughs> yeah, what is it, Ma? Now, don't go too far. I've got some things I want you to do. What? I want you to help me move some trash out of the basement and help me move some of the potted plants around in front. Ma, what's the use of doing things like that on a day like today? Never mind. You come back by 11 o'clock, you hear? No. Oh, come on. Howie's probably down at Grover's. Hey, look at this high hurdle. I'll go right over the sign. Here I go. Olympic star Paul Smithfield. He went up over the sign easily. Paul's on the track team in high school. I looked at the sign again as he went over the top. This is the day the world ends. They never said more than that, not in the newspapers or in the signs painted on the brick walls. They wanted it to hang in our minds, something we couldn't quite touch, but we knew was there. We walked along down Green Street toward Grover's. Oh, what do you think of it? What? You know, today. I don't know. What about you? We got it coming. Yeah, but will we get it? I don't know. Hey, look. It's going to be nice and bright today. Yeah, it is now. Might clot over. Yeah, it won't matter. It'll split the sky when it comes. Hey, you hear the new song? Hmm? Some disc jockey wrote it. I love you, I love you, love you. Hey, it sounds awful. Oh, listen, listen. I love you, love you, love you, till the day the world ends. I love you, love you, love you, till my heartbreak mends. And a lot more guff like that. <laughs> you know, it seems awful. I mean, making a song on a thing like that, you think they'd have more respect. Well, why shouldn't they cash in on it? How about that contest on TV? What will you do on the day the world ends in 25 words or less? You know, some people will do anything for a buck. Yeah. You think they'd have some... I don't know, some understanding of how important it is. Well, they do. You should see the souvenir stands on Main Street. You know, pennant saying the end of the world, stuff like that. Ah, that's disgusting. Grover's has an end-of-the-world Sunday. Joey Tripp had one last night. It was really the end. Yeah, he's a pig. Yeah, sure is. Boy, it was really something with nuts on top. I wonder if it was cashews or almonds or kind of nuts know. were on top of oh, there, Lisa. Oh, it was Lisa. peanuts. Oh, peanut, just mm. regular peanuts? The regular They're chopped boring. up peanuts. I don't like I that. I mean, I like cashews. Do you? They're I my like, favorite. I love I cashews. I like walnuts. Eh. Eh. Walnuts. Eh. Anyway, we're listening to X minus one end is a world. We'll have more of it after this break. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. 
Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. With so much political turmoil happening here and abroad, there's never been a more important time to stay informed and empowered. And National Review is the place to turn for thoughtful, conservative opinions when it matters most. National Review covers the breaking news and cultural trends in our country with a simple goal, uncovering and publishing the truth. Where other media institutions are driven by partisanship and captive to their benefactors and advertisers' progressive agendas, National Review has remained an independent voice committed to defending American values and right reason. We love National Review here at Hollywood 360, and we think you will as well. So if you're someone who's looking for conservative coverage Lisa is going to tell you how you can check it out for yourself. That's right, Carl. Now you can save 60% on any National Review subscription when you go to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood for unlimited access to the best of National Review. That's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. You know, our uh, our sponsors are very generous, like National Review. They're giving our, our listeners a special 60% off on subscribing. That is that is a super generous thing. Mies Meals, also one of our sponsors, also is very generous, and they give you 50% off your first order when you order a meal from Mies Meals. And I got to tell you, folks, if you haven't ordered from Mies Meals, you are missing out. Mies Meals will ship you unbelievable ingredients for uh, everything you need to make an incredible dinner for your family and they ship it to about 90% of the United States. So if you're within my voice, hearing my voice right now, you can go to the Mies Meals website, M-E-E-Z Meals.com, and uh, about 90% of the people hearing me, they can ship to you. Now, here's what you do. Enter promo code CARL at checkout, and you will save 50% off your order. What I wanted to add that is really important for a lot of people and me as well is you can custom your order to your specific dietary restrictions. If you are gluten-free, if you are a vegetarian, if you want no carbs, these are all things that are options for you. So you choose what you want from the menu, but you also have opportunities to choose specifics within that that go with your diet. So they are the best of the best. We think it's delicious, and we are so sure that you will agree that we want to give you this great deal at 50%, your first order. We hope that you'll try it and let us know what you think because um, we are positive that you will love Mies Meals. You know, we've been on the air 16 years, and we, we do vet our sponsors very, very carefully. We... We will not just put any sponsors on our show because our listeners are really, you know, so important to us. And so when Mies Meals, we checked them out, when Mies Meals wanted to come on and, and be a sponsor of the show, Lisa and I and Mike, we tried them out, you know, for quite a while. And every single meal, and we've been now getting Mies Meals for over a year, I honestly have not had one meal that I didn't think was absolutely 
just delicious. I, I was like wanting to lick the bottom of the bowl. It was that good. We even went to my kitchen one time in yeah. my house and we prepared a bunch of different Mies meals that we all yeah. tried. Yeah. And um, it's like you said, our listeners are like our family. And so we only want to steer you the right way into the right foods and to the right companies. And Mies Meals is one of them. Yeah, they really know what they're doing there. You uh, Every single week when you go to their website, there's different meals. I mean, like there's easily 10 or 15 different items up right. there, right? What's right. up there right there's now? There's also a health snapshot and ingredients, and you know yeah. exactly what ingredients are in every... Like this option. week, what's this there real week, quick? There's, um, I know uh, Mike picked Peruvian shrimp casa, um, which is, uh, I don't know. Do you want me to read what it is? What else it's, is there? We've got Carolina pulled pork and cornbread, spicy Sichuan green beans and tofu, buffalo chicken pita, We've got steak Vesuvio, salmon with dill butter and crispy leeks. We have tequila lime chicken fajitas. That's what I got. We have loaded mozzarella and balsamic glazed tomato quesadilla. It goes on and on. Yeah. Parmesan lemon chai rigatoni with broccoli. There's also a bunch of desserts on here, too, which we didn't mention, but oh boy, are they delicious. (laughs) (laughs) You're not kidding. Anyway... Folks, go to their website, Mies Meals, M-E-E-Z Meals.com, and order. And when you do, make sure you put the promo code CARL in there, 50% off your first order. What a great way to try Mies Meals, and I know you'll love it, and you'll want to continue to order. All right, we're listening to X-1, a broadcast called End as a World, August 1st, 1957, starring Jack Rimes. Here's the conclusion. You're listening to End as a World, tonight's attraction on X-1. Careful planning and sensible driving add up to an enjoyable vacation trip. There are a few tips from the National Safety Council that should help make your trip a pleasure instead of a tense, nerve-wracking time. Before you leave, have the car given a thorough checkup to be sure it will always respond properly to your careful control. Check the emergency equipment you'll need, such as a first aid kit, keys, permits identification, flashlight, tire-changing equipment, and your unexpired driver's license. Plan your trip for frequent rest stops with a good night's sleep each night. And then on your trip, pay attention to the job at hand and don't daydream. Stop off the road to see the sights or read the map. Be prepared for winding and straight roads, level and hilly roads, and changing traffic patterns between urban and rural areas. Obey all speed limits, traffic signs, and signals, and keep your distance behind the driver ahead. This vacation is what you've been waiting for all year. Enjoy it with sensible driving. Now back to X-1 and End as a World. We went on to find Howie. He's a little guy, but he can throw a football further and faster than anybody else on the team. Howie was carrying a model of a rocket ship, carbon dioxide powered. Hey, let's see the model, Howie. Doesn't work. Well, what do we do? I don't know. We could play Saluji. No, we left the football over at Pete's. Oh, might as well just sit down on the grass. Okay. Hey. Hey, I wonder if it, it'll really come. Hey, where will the president watch it from? They should have a good view from the White House. No better than us right here. What about Australia? Will they see it over there? They'll see it all over. Africa, too. 
And what about the Eskimos? Doesn't matter whether they actually see it or not. It'll come to everyone at the same time. Yeah, how about that? Everybody. Not just in this town, but all over. Wherever there are people and, and even where they're not. You know what I keep thinking about? What? I keep thinking about the man who made the H-bomb. I bet he felt silly and spiteful blowing up an island. I mean, somebody might have wanted to live on it if he just left it there, you know? <laughs> yeah, bet he'd feel pretty small with his old H-bomb after today. Pow. My mother's over at the church praying. And what for? She just said that's what she wanted to spend the day doing, right up to the last minute. Hey, all the churches are holding prayer meetings. Town board wanted to close up that carnival on Pearl Street. You know, the one with the cooch tent? They said it wasn't dignified for today. They close it up? Mm-mm. The manager said he had his license, and he didn't care if today was the day the world ended or not. He was putting on five shows right up till it happens. Funny idea, those girls dancing, and then, boom, it happens. And nobody to look at them anymore. I can't understand people. Shows and lawns and... Cleaning the trash out of the cellar on a day like this, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, people get used to doing certain things. Yeah, but today? Even today. That's how people are, I guess. Just got to keep on with what they're doing, even if it doesn't make any sense. Now, we talked about it for a while, but we talked it out long ago. There was really nothing new we could say. Every once in a while, we'd look up at the sky, but it wasn't going to come until it got here. Finally, I went home for lunch. Now, you sit still and eat your lunch. Oh, Ma. It'll happen without your help. It's going to be all right. You think so? I think so. I, um, I'll give you your allowance now. Yeah, but, Ma, it's, it's only Saturday. I... I don't give my allowance. Well, I'll it's... give it to you today anyway. You might as well spend it this afternoon downtown. <laughs> Gee, thanks, Ma. All right, I won't keep you over lunch. You can run uptown and watch it from there. Okay, Ma. You gonna go? Of course I'm not. Why should I get into that mob? I can watch it just as well from here. Ma, sure she could. It wasn't the same. Everybody I knew was going to be there. I changed my shirt before I left. I took a rag and wiped the dust from my shoes. I wasn't trying to be fussy or dressed up or anything. I just thought I should do it. I walked uptown slow because there was lots of time to kill. There was shade and sun on the streets and a few big clouds in the sky. I never knew how slow a day could pass. I suppose I should have slept late in the morning and kept busy doing something. Well, this was worse than putting on a uniform and waiting till game time. At least there was a coach on the field to let you know what to do as you ran through the drill. I ran into Paul at the corner of Cross and Chestnut. Hey, uh, you nervous? No, no. Why should I be? You mean you're not in suspense? If only we had some way of knowing for sure. Radio, maybe. Oh, there's no radio. The calculations have been checked. Yeah, yeah, but maybe there's something we forgot or don't know. A lot of things can go wrong. Hi, fellas. Oh, hi, hi Howie. Howie. You want to go down to Grover's and get them molded? I... I don't know. Oh, we've still got lots of time. We won't miss anything. We all went down and had molded at Grover's. The television was on. They were showing a street in India with people looking up. 
They flashed all around to Italy, China, and Brazil. Except for their clothes, it wasn't much different from here. They were all looking up. Well, let's get outside. I haven't finished my mallet. Uh, what's the difference in a day like today, huh? I want to finish my mallet. Outside, I noticed there was a slight overcast. The big billowing clouds had passed, but this was worse. I hoped that it would clear away in time. Not, not that it really mattered. Hey, it's a pretty big crowd for a Saturday. Huh? Well, this isn't a usual Saturday. What time is it? I don't know. You got a watch, Paul? No. We can see the clock on the merchant's block from the corner. Come on. Hey, it's Ginny Wexelberg. You see her over there? Hey, how'd you like to spend a day with her? That'll really make it a big day, huh? Oh, you don't need that old Ginny Wexelberg to make this a big day. After today, a blind 15-year-old kid isn't going to seem so important. After today, nothing's going to seem important, huh? Well, there's the clock. We've still got plenty of time. We just walked around. A few other kids from school passed by, and we stopped. It was getting closer. The space between the minutes was getting longer and longer. Hey, I'm hungry. I want to go back and get a candy bar. You're crazy. It's almost time. I got a couple of minutes. Look. Well, you, you just had a malted. I don't know. I'm hungry. I mean, I got a right to eat a candy bar before it happens, don't I? How can you think about food? It's only one minute. Well, all right. I just wanted to get one last candy bar, that's all. You think we could see better if we went across the street? It doesn't make any difference. It's going to be all over the world. There was still a minute to go, and I kept wondering if there'd been a miscalculation. Now we were all looking up. All over the world, people were looking up. It, it, it was quiet. You could hear them breathing. I sneaked a look across the street. Jenny Wexelberg was staring up, and she was crying. I kept wondering why a pretty girl like that should be crying. And then, just as I looked back at the sky, it happened. <laughs> It came, the flash across the skies, a silver streak, the biggest vapor trailer ever was. It went from this side to that side in no time. It split the sky and was gone before the shockwave hit us. Nobody said anything. We stood there and shivered and straightened up after the rumbling sound passed. You know what? It's going to go around the whole world. Well, he did it. Yeah. Yeah, he did it. Yeah, he sure did. All the way to Mars and back. Safe and right on schedule. You realize that? He did it. He did it. The first trip to Mars. He's back. He's safe. <laughs> the factory whistles down by the river started blowing. The bells of the Baptist, the Congregationalists, and the Roman Catholic Church were ringing. We were all jumping up and down, shouting, screaming, laughing as the vapor trail slowly faded into the overcast. I grabbed a hold of somebody next to me, and all of a sudden I realized it was Ginny Wexelberg, and she kissed me, and I kissed her back. And we yelled louder than all the factory whistles. We had a right. It was just like the paper said. This was the day the world ended, and the universe began.
This is Fred Collins. And I'll be back with a word about X-1 in a moment. Hi, this is Walter O'Keefe. You know, they say there's nothing new under the sun, and maybe that's true. But there is something new under the moon, and that's Nightline. In Nightline, we think we've found the way to use the intimacy, as well as the lightning-fast maneuverability of radio, in an hour-and-a-half package of high-voltage, different entertainment. We found the way to make the airwaves your magic carpet to wherever big things are happening. Anywhere in the country, for that matter, anywhere in the world. Now, let's say that your favorite comedian is performing at a Las Vegas nightclub. He's packing them in. And you've really got to have connections to get a table. Well, Nightline is that connection. And your radio is your ringside table. More things than you'd believe are happening in the so-called still of the night. And Nightline is your line to exciting entertainment after dark. My feeling is Nightline marks a new era in nighttime entertainment. Tune us in tonight over most of these NBC stations. You have just heard X-1, presented by the National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine, which this month features William Morrison's novelette, The Sly Bunger Hop. To Colmer, it was the chance of a lifetime. He could hear opportunity knock. But where in all creation was the door it knocked upon? Galaxy Magazine, on your newsstand today. Tonight, X-1 has brought you End as a World, a story from the pages of Galaxy written by F.L. Wallace and adapted for radio by Ernest Canoy. Featured in our cast were Jack Grimes as Pete, Larry Robinson as Paul, Peter Fernandez as Howie, and Alice Yorman as the mother. This is Fred Collins speaking. X-1 was directed by Daniel Sutter and is an NBC Radio Network production. Next week on X-1, another exciting story from the pages of Galaxy. The Scapegoat by Richard Maples. If you saw a big teenage young bully beating up a helpless old man on the street, what would you do? Try to stop it? Or save your own neck by just walking away? Well, this is the story of a man who did stop it. Of a newspaper reporter who not only rescued the old man, but took him home, hoping to develop a good angle for the newspaper series he was writing on juvenile delinquency. The scapegoat tells of what happened then of the terrible threat posed by this seemingly harmless old man to the unsuspecting reporter and his family. Be sure to hear it next week on X-1. Wondering what the weather will be like tomorrow night? Will it be cool? Will it be hot? Will it rain or not? Well, don't give it another thought, because NBC's Monitor has a weatherproof evening plan for you with excursions to three world-famous underground scenic spots. You'll go roving with Monitor on a two-and-a-half-mile trip through Marvel Cave in Missouri. You'll listen to the music of a stalactite organ in Luray Caverns, Virginia. And you'll visit the historic catacombs of Rome. Between trips underground, you'll hear another merry report on his vacation tour of Europe by comedian Jonathan Winters. And you'll rub elbows with international celebrities at a unique party in Tutshore's famous restaurant in New York. There'll be music and news, too. In fact, there'll be something for everybody on Monitor. So start your weekend right with Monitor Friday night and stay with Monitor all weekend long. Nightline takes you to wherever exciting, interesting, and entertaining things are happening. 
tonight over most of these same NBC stations. That is X-1 with End as a World. And uh, broadcast from 1957, August 1st, uh, Network Radio, still alive and kicking in 1957, Lisa. Fred Collins doing the announcing. Great cast, uh, Jack Grimes, Larry Robinson, Peter Fernandez. Do you know that name? Peter Fernandez. He did many of the voices on Speed Racer. Oh, Speed wow. Racer. Remember that show? That yes. I do. Gosh, See, with, my uh, age is showing right there. Yeah. <laughs> also, Alice uh, Yorman in that cast. Hope you enjoyed X-1. Hey, real quick, I want to remind all of our listeners that we have a club. It's called the Classic Radio Club. And if you're not a member, you should consider joining because you get lots and lots of fun stuff. When you're a member of the Classic Radio Club, you get a CD set shipped to you about every 30 days. And that CD set has 10 classic radio shows in supreme sound quality. And the 10 shows change every single month. And you also get a 12-page booklet with photos of the stars in those shows and very uh, detailed information about the broadcast that I write, and so does Carl Shadow, our um, resident expert here on Hollywood 360. So you get a five-CD set, 10 shows, plus you also get... Our podcast, it's sent to you, the Hollywood 360 show, each and every week, the full five-hour show, plus Radio Rarities. And tell our listeners a little bit about Radio Rarities, Lisa. Yes, uh, Radio Rarities is, is very unique in that we take one radio show, which we actually play as part of Radio Rarities, and we really break it down and give you a, a really in-depth history of the show, of the actors, of what's going on in the time. Um, there's all sorts of reasons that make it rare. It could be There could be errors. It could be a big star. Uh, but we teach you all that and, and get you prepared for the show, and you really appreciate the show, I think, much more having been educated on the show. Yeah, it's, so, uh, it's part of the Hollywood 360 email that we send you every Monday when you join the club. So go to ClassicRadioClub.com to learn all about it, ClassicRadioClub.com, or call our operators, talk to a live operator at 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. Join the club, and we'd really appreciate it. Time for this month in music history. That's right. We have Mark Cabanis here in the studio. He wrote Miracle of the Music Man. So here is another song to appreciate from the Music Man. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, let me say it once Got a little bit of a lisp there, which makes yes. him oh so and, uh, endearing. And a quick, quick thing that one of the many things you'll learn about Winthrop in the book is that Meredith had this passion that he wanted to tell people, teach people that children with disabilities uh, are are no different than children without them. You know, and so um, he was going to have the kid in the wheelchair, and they said, nope, that, that'll steal the show, and uh, he got a list instead. <laughs> All right, more of Hollywood 360 after this. I will say without a moment of hesitation. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, Lucille Ball stars in My Favorite Husband. We'll also listen to part two of uh, Mark Cabanis's interview with David Selby from Dark Shadows. Don't miss it. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform. 